Hi, I'm Ben Pilgreen, lead pastor of Epic Church in San Francisco, and I want to welcome you to the podcast. Our vision here is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. But whether you're listening in from the city that we love here by the bay or wherever you might happen to be in the world today, I want you to know that I'm excited about what God is doing in your life and what he's doing in our Epic Church community. I hope you'll find this message encouraging and that it will inspire you to take your next steps along your faith journey. Every one of us has asked this question regarding our relationship to San Francisco, and many of us have asked it more than once. Are you ready for the question? Is it time for me to leave San Francisco, or should I commit to staying a little longer? Anybody ever ask some version of that question? Anybody ask it this past week? Anybody ask it every day? <laughs> We're thrilled so far that your answer is yes, I should stay at least another day longer. You know, it's crazy. It's a very important question but it's also a really challenging question, if I can be honest. And the, reasons it, the reason that it's challenging for most of us is that I would venture to say most, if not all of us, can find some reasons to leave and some reasons to stay. Can we just be honest about that? This is not hero moment. I'm like, no, Ben, I'm here for life. All I have are reasons to stay. No, I think all of us could find reasons to leave or reasons to stay, some reasons to leave. This is an incredibly expensive place to live. I mean, you do know that what you're paying for your studio apartment, you could have a 4,000-square-foot mansion with a front yard, backyard, and two side yards. Anybody know that? <laughs> reasons to leave. The homeless epidemic has only gotten worse since I moved here, and I assume the same is true about you, even though there's been a ton of talk and a lot of funding, and we're hopeful that we'll find solutions. But that could be a reason to leave. What you have to step over on the sidewalk could be a reason to leave. Okay, just making sure I'm not alone in that. Um, a reason to leave could be that most of your friends have already left. That could be a reason to leave. A reason to leave might be that you're really nervous about raising kids in this city. That could be a reason to leave. Now, here are some reasons to stay. I, I don't even want, I, I thought about asking who, who, who has more reasons to leave or stay, but let's, let's don't do that. So here's some reasons to stay. There's amazing opportunity within your vocation and profession right here that you might not have somewhere else. That's a reason to stay. Uh, another reason to stay is the cultural experiences you and I have access to. In, in, in any moment, you can, you can go to the symphony, you can go to the opera, you can go to the ballet, you can go to shows, you can go to concerts, you can go to professional sporting venues. By the way, the basketball team that moved to San Francisco, um, our family of six might be able to afford a game this year for two of us. We might be able to, to go this year. I said this at the last service. A guy walks out and he's like, man, hating on the Warriors. I'm like, no, I'm just glad that our family can finally go to a game together. And he let me know that he was an advanced scout for the Warriors. I'm like, how did I do? Saw my performance. How did I do? I'm staying in the neighborhood, guys. I'm just telling you, another reason to stay. Um, uh, one reason to stay is the close proximity we have to Napa Valley, to Lake Tahoe, Yosemite, Big Sur, Half Moon Bay, on and on and on. The food here. The food here. I know you're like, some of you, like that's, it comes down to that. You're like, you could take that job, you could have that big house, but the best restaurant on your block would be Applebee's. 
You can do that. Like totally, if God has that for you, you go for it. Somebody's like, should I tell the pastor I actually love Applebee's? And now they got a three for 10 to, I mean, I don't know. But there's all kinds of reasons to stay. One reason for us to stay is the same reason for some people want to leave because most of your friends have left, but a lot of us want to stay because our friends are here. That's a reason to stay, isn't it? Another reason I hope, if you're part of this church community you call Epic Home, I hope that this church community might make the top something on your reasons to stay list. And I make no bones about this, and people think I'm joking, but I mean, serious. Our goal partly was to create a church that you would be sad to leave if you ever had to. And even more so that the city would be sad if our church ever shut down and folded. That we would have that kind of vibrancy that kind of impact for your life as well as for the city that God has called us to inhabit. So there are all kinds of reasons. And I have this conversation with you all all the time. It's like, Ben, I'm just thinking, should I stay? And then you threaten me. You're like, Ben, I'll stay if you get me a spouse. And I'm like, no pressure. Um, But then I start looking, just walking. Like, anybody, this guy right here, he's a good man. He's got a good heart. Not much to see, but he's got a really good... (laughs) He's got a really good heart. And... uh, what I've come to realize every Sunday is that it's usually someone at Epic's last Sunday. And that was quite depressing in the early years, just to be honest. I was like, really, again? And just, it's just happening every Sunday or so. And it might surprise you, but Shauna and I have the same conversation, right? We, we, like we, we're not robots. So we have a calling here, so we never wonder about if we should be somewhere else. Like, we ask, like, God, is this what you have for us? And with the onset of the home initiative and the kind of massive vision we're pursuing as a church, she and I needed to do another round of soul searching. And in our hearts, who knows what God's future is, but in our hearts, we had to at least commit to another decade to have the kind of integrity to bring this vision to our church. And we're in, and what's crazy about us being in, and even the conversations we have with our own children, letting you into the Pilgrim family dynamic, just a little bit, nothing sacred, just, you know, just a uh, little bit. Um, but now that our oldest child is 16 years old, we're really saying to him, listen, you don't have to be here after high school. We would love for you to be here. You need to be here through high school, okay? Um, you need to be here through high school, but just know that whatever God has for you, we want to bless that. And you guys know, we joke all the time with you that God's will for your life is to stay in San Francisco for the rest of your life or until I retire. (laughs) But here's the serious way that I and our pastoral team thinks about this idea of you staying or leaving. Here it is. I want to be really clear. We want to give people a vision to stay for, but we also want to bless them when they leave. Okay, I'm tempted to write you off when you leave, but we want to give people a vision to stay for, but we want to bless them. We, we believe this is a compelling vision. If we're missing it somewhere, hit us up. We believe to make a difference from this location for the sake of the future and the world. I tell my friends who are pastoring in other cities, they're like, man, if you lived here, you could have this size church and whatever. I think that reaching 500 or 700 people here in San Francisco is the equivalent of reaching five or 10 or 20 somewhere else. There's just a disproportionate level of influence here, right? It just, it's just true. And so if the good news of Jesus can get planted in this church in a greater way, what could happen? The past two weeks, I uh, had lunch with the lead pastor of Reality Church, and this past week, the executive pastor of Reality Church, and all three of us were just talking about how amazing the number of churches are that have come over the last 10 years. They're about 10 years old. We're just under them at almost nine come February, and we're just super excited. So you need to know that when we say we are for what God's doing here, we don't just mean here at Epic Church. We're all in on that, but we're all in on what God's doing collectively. As I get to coach church planters, as our church gets to support church planters um, locally here, just like we've done with these beautiful people, Esther and Twan, um, we are in it for the sake of the city. And we know it's going to take a whole lot more churches, not just one church getting bigger. Does that make sense? So we're in it all the way. And uh, as we think about this, what I know is that some people aren't supposed to be here forever. Like, I know that. 
And I want you to know that. And what I want to do today, really clearly, let you know my intentions. Here's what I want to do. I want to let you off the hook personally for your San Francisco timeline, but I want to put all of us on the hook collectively for the future of San Francisco and this church. So I want to let you off the hook. Whatever God has for you, I want to bless that. Because some of us, God only wants us to be here for a season. Others of us, God wants us to be here for two years, five, ten. And others of us are thinking we might be supposed to be here forever. But here's what I want to say. Regardless of how long we think each of us might be here, our church must embrace a here-to-stay posture. Let's say it again. Doesn't matter what your timeline and my timeline is about what we're talking about today. Season, two years, five years, decades, that's all fine and dandy. That is great. But whatever your posture is towards your length of time in the city, we must help Epic Church embrace a here-to-stay posture because I want to show up even if I leave this place and come back and see this church thriving. I want my grandkids and your grandkids, if they were to show up decades from now to be able to walk into a space because of the faith that we exhibited, and God just keeps growing that thing and keeps increasing the impact that that church has, I want to be a part of that. So here's what I want to teach from today. It's an Old Testament passage in Jeremiah 29. You can turn there if you've got the Epic Church app, if you've got a Bible on your phone. Um, Jeremiah chapter 29, we've taught from this before, but I want to do it with a little bit of different angle because we're in this home initiative as a church, and I want to talk to you about what it looks like to embrace a here-to-stay posture. If you would stand with me, let me give you a little bit of insight before we jump into the text. We'll be in Jeremiah chapter 29, verses 4 through 13. Here's what's happening. It's 600 B.C., God's chosen people, the Jews, they've been taken into exile in Babylon. They're trying to understand how they are to live there. You can imagine if you went somewhere against your wishes that was far from home. Some of you are like, Ben, I did. Um, you would imagine, how, how do I do this? How do I embrace life here? But you'll see the difference in looking at something from a short-term perspective versus a long-term perspective. Verse 4, here's God's directive to them. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there. Do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper." Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord actually says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You may be seated. Several things I want to point out in this passage, and then I want to parallel them to what we're experiencing in this season for our lives individually and as a church. The first thing you see, if you go along into verse 8 and 9, is God says, do not listen to these false prophets. Why would he say that? He says they're lying in verse 9. Here, here, here's a little context to, to help you understand. In Jeremiah chapter 28, there was a prophet that shows up by the name of Hananiah. And he begins to tell the people, God is going to free you in two years. In two years, you're going to go back home. But was God going to leave them there for only two years? I'm trying to give you a clue, but you got to look. No, class. Verse 10 says that God says you're going to be in Babylon for how many years? 
70, lean in and hear this loud and clear. You make very different decisions and very different investments if you think you're going to be somewhere two years versus being there for 70 years, right? And you're like, Ben, are you asking us to sign 70-year contracts today? (laughs) No. Like, if I knew I could live for another 70 years, I would sign up today. That would be amazing. No, I'm not. I'm just saying our perspective and our investments and our decision-making changes if we think we're going to be short-term versus the long-term. If you look at verse 5, there are three here-to-stay verbs in verse 5. Build, settle, plant. Here-to-stay verbs. And you need to ask this question. Ben, if we don't think we're here to stay, or if I don't think I'm here to stay, how do I embrace here-to-stay verbs from this text? Here's how. Build. Even if you aren't going to build something personally here because you're not going to be here long, help us build something that will stand the test of time. Settle. Even if you won't settle here for the long term, help Epic Church get settled here for the long term. Plant. Even if you won't be here to eat the fruit of what we're planting in this season in the future, help us plant in this season so someone else gets to eat that good fruit in the future. Are you with me? Those are here to stay verbs. And again, I'm letting you off the hook individually. God has a unique story for you, but he has a collective story for us, and we need to lean in, embrace it, and do what we can do to pave the road for what God's wanting to do in the future. He says, I want you to marry and have babies and get those babies married. Anybody, your mom and dad are like on you, like, get married. And you're like, I'm trying. There's just no good men in San Francisco. We're working on that. That's part of the other reason we started this church, ladies, to build some good men in San Francisco. For real, it's true. But there's another way that we can increase in number, and it's actually part of our vision statement here at Epic, is it not? The vision of Epic Church is to see an increasing number of people in San Francisco orient our entire lives around Jesus. How do you get an increasing number that way? You get the marriage and procreation. I'm not showing you any diagrams on that. But how do you get an increasing number with what we're trying to do here as a church? You you begin to pray that God would bring the right people into our church. You begin to pray for your neighbor. You begin to get to know your neighbor's name. You begin to invite your neighbors and coworkers into the space and just say, like, hey, just come with me one time. Come sit with me. That's all you have to do. Promise them brunch, whatever else. Don't promise them too much, but promise them brunch and whatever you have to do. There's all kinds of ways. When you and I all serve in this church, it helps us reach increasing numbers of people because God isn't going to give us too many people that we're unable to serve them. When each of us are in community, that helps bring in increasing numbers because we all have these concentric circles in our lives. There's all kinds of ways that we can do that. And then he says, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have sent you into exile. What's translated there, peace and prosperity, is the Hebrew word shalom. And it's a jam-packed word. Let me try to get at the heart of it with the definition on the screen. Shalom includes this, peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, and welfare. Peace, harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, and welfare. That's at the heart of this. But here's what you've got to know about the shalom, this whole peace and prosperity thing. The shalom of the city will not come with a short-term mentality. Not asking you to sign a 10-year contract, but the work we're trying to do as a church and we're trying to do individually during the season that God has each of us here, that shalom will never come to the city with a short-term mentality. Again, off the hook personally from the long-term thing, on the hook collectively because we believe in what God has done here and what he's wanting to do here in the future. The shalom will not come. Listen, I don't know how we're going to solve homelessness. I do not know how you make San Francisco necessarily a more kid-friendly city, although a lot of you are having kids in our church, and that's certainly helping the process. I don't know how you create a viable middle class here. 
I don't know that, but we need to try to figure it out. We need to get some of the best minds that are creating tech, and let's, let's figure out a way to create some of these solutions as well. We need to do that, because here's what's true. We can't ignore the problems in our city, but we can be part of the solutions. Let me say this again. We can't ignore the problems in our city. There's no way unless you close your eyes or move. But we can be part of the solutions. And one of the things that we need to make of highest priority is our prayer life. There are times all throughout the scriptures when God would say this, listen, I know you don't know what to do, but just look at me and ask me to do something and you stand still. I don't think God's asking us to stand still, but there are things we're asking God to do in our city that you and I will not be able to do. The Hope Project hits $2 million. That won't guarantee us solving it. Would you agree? If a thousand of us go out and serve the homeless, that won't by itself solve it. All of that will be a part of it. We need to pray. Verse 7 says, pray to the Lord on its behalf. Verse 12 says, then you will come and pray to me and I will actually listen to you. Here's a question that if you're like me and how you receive it, it will convict you a little bit. Here's, Here's the question I want to ask you. If God answered all of the prayers you are currently praying for our church and this city, what? If anything, would be different. Anybody feel that besides me? Just me? Like if right now we were living in the answers to all of your prayers, what would be different in this church community, in your neighborhood, at your place of work, and in our city? What would be different? Last week, we gave out this prayer walking map, and all of that's at home HQ outside, uh, these home bracelets that are prayer reminders for us. Prayer walking map of Soma that lists six specific places where God has provided locations for Epic over the last 10 years, and we're praying into the future. Can you imagine what would happen if you and two of your friends or your small group, if you decided over the next two months, we'll take just up to two hours a week, and we will pray every single street in this Soma corridor that we're focusing in on. And as you walk and pray, you're like, Ben, how do I do that? Just like, God, if it's this building, open it up. God, if it's that building, open it up. God, move in that landlord's heart so that when it's the right time, at the right price, this is going to happen. I believe the exciting thing about praying for the unknown is that we're going to pray it into existence. There's a part of me in my flesh that would love to say, here's the rendering, here it is, here's how it's going to happen. But no, no, we're, we're going to pray this in. We're going to pray this in. Can you imagine what hundreds of us doing, praying every square inch of this neighborhood, what God might do to unlock something? You're like, Ben, what, uh, I've been reading all these articles. I read them too. Sometimes I read them because I like to be discouraged. Other times, other times I read them because my faith needs to be tested, and it happens every time, whatever it is. I mean, you can, like, we, we, our family orders a hard copy of the newspaper, and it's like, wow, wow. This morning's article, just for those of you who don't want to go read it yourself, this morning's article was about how Blue Bottle's leaving the Bay Area in terms of where they're roasting their beans now. They're going, going to a 39,000 square foot location in West Sacramento, seven times bigger than their Oakland spot. There you go. That's today's news, brought to you by the Chronicle. <laughs> but I, I read it, and it's like, God, you're going to have to do something profound unless the Lord builds a house, those who build it labor in vain. So we want to see God, God move. We're going to be praying. We have corporate prayer in this room, Mondays at 6 p.m., Wednesday mornings at 8 a.m., Thursday lunchtime at 12 noon. Uh, this past Thursday, 12 people met up here, and they went on a prayer walk through the neighborhood just praying for that future space, and we need to pray that in as well. But here's the, here's the thing. When you look at this famous verse in verse 11, plans to give you hope in a future, here's how we need to think about this. We can be part of the hope and future God has planned for the people who will call this place home. There's something you can do in this season to create hope and future for people who aren't here yet. And here's a, here's a question. What decisions can we make in this season that will position Epic for the long term? 
What decisions can we make in this season that will position our church for the long term? It's not just financial, just so everybody understands that. We can develop leaders. That's one way we can position it. We can be wise stewards of the resources God's given us. Guys, we're probably going to need 50 small groups in the spring, so you could say, hey, I've led a small group before, or I have never led it before, but I think God's calling me, and you can tell Lindsay, hey, I think I'm ready. I'd love to have a conversation about what that might look like. There are so many things. Our kids and students can learn about God's purpose. That will help us position for the future. Would you agree? There are so many things, but I want you to listen from, to, to someone in our community, talk to you about the decisions they're making in this season as they think about the future of Epic Church in San Francisco. Watch this. We launched Epic Church at the W Hotel in 2011. And though I had high hopes, I'm not sure I ever could have imagined all that would take place between that day and today. We've seen over 200 baptisms in our church. There are over 100 kids and students who show up at Epic each Sunday. 40 small groups where people just like you are experiencing community and growing in your faith. We've given over $1.5 million to our local and global partners. We have this clarifying vision to see an increasing number of people here in San Francisco orient their entire lives around Jesus. And now with this home initiative, we are going to be able to see this vision become an even greater reality. Hi, I'm Erin Samuelson, and I've been going to Epic since June of 2016. I am still flabbergasted at how quickly I was able to find friends at Epic, and I think that part of it is that there's always someone new coming in, and so there's always someone right before you or right behind you that they also need to make new friends because they're new to the city and new to church. I have this amazing group of friends that have really just become more like sisters to me just because no one else's family is here, and so we kind of have become each other's family. Definitely been a lot of challenging seasons in San Francisco, you know, adjusting to living here or just different like seasons of life that are hard and so I really depended on my community to kind of come along beside me and they have just been so encouraging. They want to walk along beside me in those tough times and they, more importantly, they want to see me grow through them too. Ways that I've seen Jesus um, kind of work in me the most is just really stretching me in my faith in Him instead of just like knowing about my faith, actually like what it's like to live out my faith. There's through some different opportunities through some of Epic's partners, I've been able to kind of meet people on more of a personal level and that's been really eye-opening to me and just really made me check myself. Like where's my heart been? Like I see how some homeless women uh, that I've met through BJM have had so many more struggles than I have, but they seem to have this faith and confidence in their faith that is just like mind blowing to me. If I could just have like a fraction of like the faith that these women have um, when they walk through stuff that is just like so hard, it gives me so much more kind of urgency of just like wanting to, to have that like relationship with the Lord too. I think Epic having a permanent place in the city is exciting because there is so little in the city that is permanent. When everything else is chaos around me, there can maybe be one thing that is steady. Epic having a permanent place will say to the city that they really care and that they are committed for the long term. And I think that's 
what's so exciting for me personally and also just like knowing what that message could be for outsiders. I just think that the city will really just see like the, the commitment that's there. And I think that'll be um, the biggest impact of having like our own space. I decided that I wanted to be a part of home and commit to home really as an act of faith because I was really unsure if I would be able to do it honestly, but I just kind of thought of some other ministries that I've supported over the years. And I just thought if I'm investing in these places that are my history, like I want to invest in somewhere that I see my future in too. And so that was the biggest kind of pull for me to be a part of that. I think it also gives me more of a, a commitment to myself of like, I'm committing to this initiative with my church to become a permanent part of San Francisco. That's something that I would love to see for my life too, like just how long I could stay in San Francisco and how I could do my life here. I think the faith component of making this commitment has been really stretching for me. <laughs> um, but I think that I've seen in, in the past where I was like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this. And then it's just like, like the first couple months might kind of hurt and pinch a little bit, but then it kind of just like takes care of itself and it kind of works out. And I look back on that like experience in the past that I've had and I'm just like, you know, if, if God wants this to succeed and he wants this to be something that I'm a part of, like it'll work out. I'm gonna try my best to do what I can on my part, but like, I really do believe that it's God's will for this church to like have this happen. So I think that he's gonna move in order to do that. Either, you, I mean, just commit yourselves. That's all I'm saying. A question that we've received a number of times that I would, I'm assuming uh, more of you have is, is this question, Ben, why would I invest in something that I might not even be around to see? It's a great question, and I want to tell you about two groups of people to help you think about that question and what your compelling answer might be. The first group of people I want you to think about is the, the group of people that, you know, when I knew God was calling us to start Epic Church in downtown San Francisco, I did in that season what I'm doing with you in this season. I began to go all around the country and cast vision for a church that didn't yet exist, but with your help, I would say to people, um, the 13 of us could become the sustainable church and we could reach people in the city. And my mind was blown as people, hundreds of them, and about 20 churches gave over a million dollars for Epic Church to start. That's how partly you're here today. That's how partly we're able to do what we're doing today. And you know, the craziest thing about that is that over 95% of those people have never stepped foot inside our church. So you're at least benefiting directly now. They, they never did. Like, they'd never been to a service. Kind of crazy. The other group of people that really blow my mind are the people who've already come and gone from our church and want to be some of the leading contributors to what we're doing. I'll never forget last year, February 2018, I got a call one morning, and it was from someone in our church who had been in our church for about a year and a half, and they had already moved away. And they said, Ben, I want to make a financial contribution to Epic. And I'm like, great, thank you so much. And then the next thing out of his mouth was this. He said, tomorrow I'll have my guy wire the church a million dollars. Do you guys have guys? Anybody have a, like, I don't have a guy. Shauna doesn't ghostwrite, she didn't have her books ghostwritten, and, and we don't have a guy or a girl. We're open to either. Like, we're so gender neutral in terms of 
having a guy or girl be that for us. And um, I'm like, wow, a million dollars. We weren't in the home initiative. We weren't in the hope project. He just wanted to make a difference in this church. And um, not too long ago, I got a commitment in the mail from uh, a family uh, who are now living on the East Coast. January, they moved back about 3,000 miles from here. And, uh, and they sent in a $100,000 commitment to the home initiative. I was super grateful, but I was also really shocked, if I can be honest. And so I had to ask them, okay, like, hey, why would you guys do this? You've already left here, and there's no assumption that you will ever come back to San Francisco. Why would you do that? And his answer is on the screen. Speaking for the couple, the husband said, despite our distance, we will continue to support home because Epic Church is an intentional, God-purposed ministry that has the well-being of the San Francisco community as its driving mission. It's like, wow. And the guy, you know, commitment day is two weeks from today, but he's already given 40% of that $100,000 before we've ever gotten to commitment day. I'm just humbled and in awe and grateful for people who do that. So for you, I really want you to think about two things. First, for you individually. What's God saying about his call on your life? Like, Ben, it's really confusing. I pray for clarity for you. Wherever you go or wherever you stay, let it be because this is what you believe God has for you, both in your leaving and in your staying. And as you think about that individually, then I want you to ask yourself and to ask God this question. You'll see it on the screen. How can I play my part in making sure that Epic Church is here to stay? What's our mentality, church? Will we be here just for our season? Or will we make an investment in our season for what God might do in future seasons? Would you pray with me? As our band comes to lead us in a song that we haven't sung here in a while, I just want us to resonate with this idea that there's still so much. And all of us aren't being called to say, I will not even pretend that. I will not try to. There's no manipulation today. But, but understand this. The shalom of the city will not come about with a short-term mentality. Out of all the places that God could have you live, right now he has you here. And once you and I unlock the why behind that individually or as a couple or as a family, and then we begin to think about how do we, all of us, make decisions in this season that can impact what God wants to do in the future, what might God be asking you to do? What relationships might he be asking you to invest in? How might he be asking you to give generously and sacrificially if you call Epic home? Might it be time for you to start serving in our church as a small group leader or working with our kids or our students or on production or on the host team? Maybe you've got time during the week and you would love to help us prepare for Sundays and help us follow up from the previous Sunday. God, thank you for your calling. God, thank you that your heart for this city is bigger than all of ours. And yet, God, you give us a part to play. God, for me, I'm still stunned that this would be a place and this would be the thing that you would have for me and our family to do, but I'm so grateful. And God, I'm grateful for the men and women and the boys and girls who come from over 60 nations and call Epic Church home. God, I think about the people who came in those early seasons. And we're only here for six months or two years, and they made such an impact that we could sit here today. God, may we be the kind of church in this season that pays it forward with our lives, with our resources for all of those who will step in to this church in the future. God, would you do something in this city for your glory that would blow our minds? And God, would you be kind enough to allow every one of us to be a part of it in some way? I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand as Zach leads us in a song that uh, just declares what we want to utter to God today.
thank you so much for joining us on the Epic Church Podcast today. If you would like to learn more, you can go to epicsf.com. I want to also encourage you to download the Epic SF app so that you can keep up with everything that God is doing in and through this community in downtown San Francisco.